From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 322, for the week of July 24th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Mary Jo Malata-Willie and Michael Bowling. And in this segment, Mary Jo is going to talk about the brand new guided tour that's being offered at California Adventure. It just started, what, two days ago? Yeah, well, this actually recording? three days. So this last it, weekend? Yep, it started on Disneyland's birthday. What's Disney the official name of it? The official name is the Disney California Story Tour. Okay, cool. And it takes place at Disney's California Adventure. We've been waiting for them to come up with some Finally. kind of tour for us, right? Since they Especially took, a, for, since they killed the segways. Yes, and we did ask them if they were going to ever bring the segways back, and they said, "Nope." No. <laughs> so, darn it, because oh, the park just starts to it opens up too early yeah, to do yeah, that tour. Yeah. So, but um, as you said, Tom, the tour is brand new, opened on Disneyland's 59th birthday, and I went on the tour. Just, I mean, it's, it's still brand new. Um, and I went along with my good friends, Chris and Leslie, and we seem to do a lot of fun Disney things together. So this was another good experience. The tour begins at 10 a.m. at the Chamber of Commerce office at California Adventure. From there, they take you into the VIP lounge where you'll need to show the ID before, or show your ID before they give you your headsets. Where's the and VIP name lounge? Badge. Is it right there? Yeah, it's right okay. there. It's, it's part of like, you know, what we would consider to be like City Hall at Disneyland. Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, they give you your headsets and name badge that you'll wear during this three-hour tour. They also take your lunch preference that you will eat at the end of the tour. This time, our guide was Michael, and Charity also accompanied us, and she took care of things like getting our lunches and running ahead and making things were ready for us by the time we got there. So this was a very, I thought this was a really, um, one of the more smoothly run tours that I've been on at the Disneyland Resort. Nice. The beginning was a little bit rocky, though, um, with check-in because um, they seemed to be a little bit disorganized and getting everybody's ID, a little bit time-consuming and everything. But since it's new and they're taking input and everything, this is something that I'm sure is going to be um, fixed. Yeah, everything but it's, else not like, it's not like it's all new staff. I'm sure they just transferred the staff over, right, from... Um, some of, well, Michael said he's always worked at California Adventure, so he's new. Okay, okay, okay. And he... And um, I'll go into a little bit. I'll go into that a little bit later. So when you leave the VIP, or when we left the VIP lounge, Michael took the tour along the Buena Vista Street, pointing out the various buildings and the significance between behind the names. All of the names of the shops on Buena Vista Street have some type of significance to Walt Disney, especially once he came to Los Angeles, places he lived, um, places he worked, etc. And just like on Main Street, there are businesses on the second floor. So it was interesting to hear about some of them, including one for Ub Iwerks um, up on Brenna Vista Street. So I hadn't even noticed them before. So you'll have to look for his name when you're there. Once we went down Brenna Vista Street, our first stop was Carthay Circle. And he took us into Club 1901. Nice. Did you see the ghost of Walt? This time we didn't. They told us all about it, but it... The difference between Club 9... Well, let me let me go into this and I'll tell you in a second. Um, they're very strict that they could not take any pictures in the club. 
but I was really um, pleasantly surprised that Michael gave us a pretty thorough tour of the lounge. So unlike Club 33, we entered the lounge before it was open to members, and so accompanied very closely by our two guides, we had time to look at pictures and wander a little bit around the lounge. And they also told us about some of the memorabilia. He also mentioned that there was Walt's um, shadow, but it didn't have it didn't show up on the wall when we were there. And it could be that he he uh, prefers to reveal himself when official club members are there. Maybe that's what happens. I'll just put it Maybe that he way. He was in the apartment. It could be, you know, because the apartment tour was also going on at that time, and he's got he wants to make sure it's spick and span for the folks. There's also a display case there that they change out now and then. And one, the day that we were there, they had a display on Fantasia. In the, it's like a shadow box. Uh, Michael also described the pictures hanging on the wall. And we were able to see Walt in various scenes, including a couple of pictures where he's wearing a casual T-shirt. If you notice, all these pictures that we ever see of Walt Disney, he's always in formal attire. He's in a business suit, etc. Right, right. So it's nice to see him kind of relaxing and lounging in regular clothes. Um, we also saw an original stuffed Mickey and Minnie up on the shelf high above us and a replica of the model plane that Walt used to have in his studio. There's also a print showing where an Imagineer had come up with Walt's official, quote unquote, official signature. And so it shows where Walt practiced it so that he could sign that way for um, Walt, for the Disney, any Disney um, <laughs> stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool that they show that there. And I don't know, they might have the same thing at the Disney, Walt Disney Family Museum, Michael, I'm thinking. They they have some, I've been in 1901, and they have some of those similar items. And a couple of things actually came from the museum, like the uh, Mickey and Minnie. Um, oh, that's cool. Because cause they, they have reproductions of those. Well, he told us that those were the original Mickey and Minnie. Mm-hmm. And he, he told us, he said, and he, he told us, um, and that might look like the original Mickey and Minnie. And he said, because it is. So I thought that was kind of cool. So there are some reprodu- reproductions, but there's also some original items there. Um, we were also, and then like I said, we were told about Walt's shadow appearing on the walls, but we didn't have the opportunity to see it while we were there. Um, from nine, Club 1901, we then headed over to Condor Flats. And we learned some background information, including why they named the area Condor Flats. So I thought that was interesting. And at this time, Michael took us into our first attraction, which was Soaring Over California, where we had seats front and center. Nice. Oh, I loved it. We sat in the middle section, best seats in the house. We also noticed that there's a new pre-film before you go into the attraction that was kind of tied into the plane's animated feature. So we'll see how long that one lasts there. And as always, this is a wonderful attraction. Everything was working there. Some of the information that Michael shared about it, I had already known. But he also told us some trivia about Soaring Over California that I never knew before. But um, you guys are going to have to go on the tour yourself to know what that trivia is. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yep. Not going to share. But uh, we were surprised. And it's not Hidden Mickey's. It's other stuff. So um, from after soaring over California, we headed over to the Grizzly Peak area and he took us into the back area where he talked about Walt's involvement with a proposed mountain resort that never came into fruition. And do you guys know the name of that resort? Mineral King. Or that and I did a, I did a segment on it. Yeah, you sure did. I remember that. 
And um, for those of you who know our Sierra Nevada Mineral Kings is in Sequoia National Park. So I'm kind of glad they didn't make it into a resort. But can we put a link to Michael's segment yep. in our show notes? And people can hear more about it because that was a kind of a crucial point whether or not Walt Disney would be able to do that. Um, so he was giving us some good trivia about the Grizzly Peak and that whole area. And then we took a, a walk from Grizzly towards Paradise Pier. And at this time, he gave us a 10-minute comfort break. So we used, um, he could either go to the restroom or grab a snack or something if he wanted to. And, of course, we took that opportunity to chat with Michael about the park and, and uh, get some more trivia from him, which was kind of cool. And from there, we went into Paradise Pier, about where you stand to watch the world of color. And so we had a view of Paradise Pier spread out in front of us. And, of course, he told us how it was based on the the um, boardwalk piers in, in California, like the Pike, P.O.P., Santa Cruz, and the others. And he also told us how it's tied into the earlier rendition of the Mickey animated characters like the pie eyed Mickey. And he said, that's the largest pie eyed Mickey um, <laughs> that there is, which I never knew. So that was kind of cool. And then he talked about how Goofy's continuing to um, misinstruct how, how to do different things like his flying school. And so he went into a little bit more trivia about the earlier animated features that Disney had. From there, we went to Cars Land. And in Cars Land, Michael gave us some history on the concept of, it was called Car Land at first, and then Cars Land. And so he gave us some history um, by John Lasseter, as well as the concept of the animated movie itself, which I had not heard before. So I thought that was interesting. We cruised down the street to City Hall, where we learned more about the land. And then we took the VIP entrance to the Radiator Spring Racers, where we were able to get right on the attraction and nice. ride it. Yeah, that's that worth was, the cost of admission right there. You know, it, I, they picked two very popular yeah. attractions yeah. at California Adventures. So I thought that was a really nice, uh, feature. And the double bonus to this is that everything was working. Wow. So that was nice. The tractors fell on the back and everything. And that Chris and Leslie and I got to ride this together. It's one of my favorite attractions and it's so much fun. And then while on the attraction, Chris showed me a hidden Mickey that I had never noticed before. So I guess that this attraction had a triple bonus on it. From there, we went over and we used the path that takes you into Bugs Land. And he talked a little bit about Bugs Land, Disney relationship with Pixar, and how that's uh, affected, you know, California Adventure. And then we also saw the four-leaf clover. There's one four-leaf clover in the land. Mm -hmm. So... Some of the people in our tour had never seen it before, oh, wow, so he cool. showed it. Yeah, so that that was neat. We had a nice mixture of people who had been on all the tours. Like, between Leslie, Chris, and I, we've been on all the tours at the Disneyland Resort. And people who didn't know anything. So it was kind of fun nice. to do that. Um, from there, we walked into the back lot Hollywood. And we learned more about this area of the park. And we learned about the different facades on the street. And we, the facade of the building facing the animation building has a pretty cool, cool detail. And it was funny because Chris thought it was just a boring building, but actually it's designed after the animation building on the studios, on the studio, um, the Burbank studios. Are you talking about the building that has like Fairfax Market in it or? 
No, I'm talking about as you go from Tower of Terror and you've got the building to the left with that big billboard with okay, Mickey. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And, okay, so that building there is um, the st- styled after the animation okay. building. And the Walt Disney's office was the third office up on the second second floor. Mm-hmm. Um, third floor, I mean, is the corner office. Right. So the office that corresponds in this building, there's something that happens at night. So I'm not going to tell you guys, but... I'm just going to say that when you're in that area and the sun has gone down, look up at that window. Okay. So from there, we strolled on to the main street in the Hollywood back lot where we learned that these buildings are modeled after buildings in Los Angeles, like the Pantages Theater, the Max Factor building. And I was just in that area. So it was so funny when he said that I could see how the resemblance. Mm-hmm. Then um, also the... Um, there's a, in Koreatown, there's a building on Hollywood and Vine, and all of those buildings are modeled after that. And we would never have known that if we had never, if we hadn't been on the tour. So I thought that was all of us really enjoyed him telling us about the different buildings and what buildings they represented in LA and the, um, Los Feliz area. We also learned about the red trolleys and their history in Los Angeles. And also there's two trolleys and they have numbers on them. And those numbers have a significance. And again, you got to go on the tour to find out what the significance is on the, on the trolleys. Or when you go there, look at the trolleys and see if you can figure out what they are. And you can email dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com and I'll tell you if you're a writer or not. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was very cool. So then we walked into the animator state animation station and we did things like we looked at the zoetrope and we went into the sorcerer's workshop and in the sorcerer's workshop, Michael showed us a huge hidden Mickey that's there at the entrance. He also pointed, you know, when you walk in on the left hand side, there's a big uh, picture of Walt Disney looking out into the, into the sorcerer's workshop. Well, there's some writing that's in that Atlantic font. And it refers to Roy Disney. So they have both Walt and Roy Disney on re- represented on that wall, which is neat. And then he started showing us all these details that they have in that room that we never knew before. We walked right past them without realizing um, what they the significance. Like there's certain symbols that represent all the villains. And there's some lamps that if you look at the top of them, like there's one lamp that you look at the top and it's got little cards from Alice in Wonderland. And if you look in there at a, if, at a certain position, you can see Alice inside the lamp. And there's other lamps that represent different. There's the, um, the Lion King, Aladdin, and some others. So all of these details in that room we learned about on the tour. So I thought that was, for all of us, it was interesting because we didn't know a lot of it. We knew some of it. There was a lot we didn't know that he, that he pointed out. So then we went into Ursula's Grotto. Oh, I'm sorry. So then we went into the Beast Library and he pointed out some features in there that I had never known before either. Um, you know how they have the, the rows where the petals fall. And right. so he showed some other things that happen when the picture gets ripped. Well, we've seen that, but the curtains get ripped and the lions turn into gargoyles. And there's just all these cool things that are happening. And he gave us a chance if we wanted to, to um, see what character we were. And they have new ones. Leslie did it, and she was Sally from Cars. So I thought that was cool. From there, we went into Ursula's Grotto. And did you guys know that Ursula's Grotto, you're inside a whale? 
I don't. Did you guys know that? I don't think that? so. No, I didn't. If if you look, um, you'll see the the, the backbone of the whale, and you see the rib cage of the whale inside there. So, I never knew that. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he once we got out of the animation station, he gave us Michael gave us some more trivia about California Adventure and the animation station. And then we went through the VIP entrance to the Animation Academy where we were led to the front row and our animator of the day was Jared who chatted with us until they let the public in. We were then given instructions on drawing Steamboat Willie. And I've done Mickey Mouse, but I've never done Steamboat Willie. So that was cool. Um, it was a fun experience. And of course, I always like having that souvenir. After this experience, we were out in the Hollywood back lot and that's basically where Michael concluded the tour. By, and it was pretty close to two and a half hours by the time we did all this. We then walked over to the Fiddler Pfeiffer and Practical Restaurant. There were tables reserved for us and our lunch was brought to us. No, our lunch was sitting there waiting for us. So even though um, Chris, Leslie and I had all booked separately, they really paid attention and they had us sitting together at the same table. So they were watching. They didn't ask who you wanted to sit with. They were just... That's what, excuse me, that's what Charity was doing while we were on the, excuse me, while we were on the tour. Nice. Also, Michael sat with us. So, of course, we took advantage and we chatted about more Disney trivia with him. What what were the selections of food? Um, You'll have to go on the tour. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'll tell you. So, for lunch, you had a choice of either turkey or roast beef sandwich. And the turkey was on a croissant. Roast beef was on pretzel bread. And they had either fruit or or um, salad that you could have with it, like potato salad that you could eat with it. Um, I didn't have that. They also had a cheddar apple salad or cheddar apple salad with with chicken, and that's what I had. It was delicious. And Leslie and Chris both liked the the food was fresh. It was really tasty. And then for dessert, we had a choice of either brownie drizzled with um, white chocolate. Or we had the chocolate chip cookie, a Mickey cookie dipped in chocolate, or a sugar cookie. And I had the brownie. All three of us chose something different. I had the brownie, and it was delicious. And then we had our choices of soft drinks or water. And then while we were eating, Michael came up, came around, and he gave us a pin. And hold on a second while I pull it out. Ooh, I can see it from here. Mm-hmm. Pretty. <laughs> I want to describe it. Is it in the next room? I'm sorry, I wanted to describe it. Okay, so the it's the largest pin that they give for any tour. And it says Disney's California Story Guided Tour. And it's got um, Walt and Mickey standing right there. Oh, I didn't mention, we also went to the Walt and Mickey statue. And he told us more um, more about um, Walt and his experiences. But um, this pin also has a wheel behind it. That shows all the lands at California Adventure when you do it. So it's a really, really nice pin on a beautiful postcard that says California Story. So I'm never going to take that apart. Um, the tour itself is $109. And with a discount, it came out to $87.20. So if you have a Disney Visa annual pass, if you have the um, DVC, you'll get a 20% discount on the tour. It was about three hours long and ran a little bit over that with lunch. We were Michael's first official tour, but it didn't look at like it because his delivery was excellent. He was very knowledgeable, which is what you want from your guide. 
Right. He and Charity were both excellent, and the three of us enjoyed the tour very much. Now, compare that to the pricing for the uh, Walking Walt's Footsteps tour. Um, personally, I think it's a. I think it shouldn't be one hundred and nine dollars. Okay. I think because Walking Walt's Footsteps tour gets you in the lobby. Well, here's the thing: Walking Walt's Footsteps gets you in the lobby of Club Thirty Three. Right. Only, and here we got to wander around Club nineteen oh one, which I thought was nicer. But walk in Walt's footstep tour takes you to his apartment, right? And I think for one hundred and nine dollars, I think this one should probably be like twenty dollars less. However, that wouldn't stop me from taking the tour because I, I would just chalk that up that okay, some things at Disneyland's a little bit more expensive, but so, I thought yeah, they're it was the well exact same it. price, aren't they? Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's the one thing. So here's our thoughts, criticisms, suggestions for the tour that Chris, Leslie, and I, we, since Michael was our captive audience at the table, we, we, we kind of gave him our feedback about the tour. Oh, uh, we could hear him through the headsets, but I had to hold the earpiece against my ear in parts because the ambient noise was so loud. You know, there, there's a lot of entertainment going on at California Adventure mm-hmm. and they know that. And so they're trying to f- pick spots where they talk where you don't hear the noise, but there were times that I had to press the earpiece against my ear so I could hear him talk. Um, so some noise canceling headsets would be nice if they had something like that or the kind that fit over your head and press tighter against your ears. The range was really good though, because we could hear him. We never got out of range of him explaining things to us. So that was good. Um, it would be nice if the tour guides would take a picture of the guests inside club 1901 like what they do for Walt's apartment. Right. We thought that that might, to me, would make it a little bit more value um, for the tour if you could do something like that. Evidence the, the that you were actually in the, there. On the, on the bar stools. That's what I was That's thinking. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. And that would be that would be the perfect um, space. Um, sometimes there was some dead space where it would be nice to hear trivia about the lands. Because, you know, we're all the same way. If We don't want silence. We want to be. We want to know everything that's right. going on. So we told him that it would be nice to hear some trivia, even if they pre-record it. But having him tell us personally would be... I know that sometimes they need to save their voices, but having something would would be nice. Um, we noticed this inside Soaring Over California because while we were waiting for to get seated for the attraction, we were like, time's wasting. He needs to be telling us some more stuff. <laughs> so, you know, but that's just us. And probably other people wouldn't notice it. But those of us who are crazy about trivia that would that's the worst criticism things that we thought worked about it having a knowledgeable guide that didn't have to search for things to discuss was really nice he was well prepared he told us that he had done some um cast member tours to you know in preparation i forgot what he called it but they were like pre-tours and so we were his first official tour and you we couldn't tell he did he was great um, there was some pre-recorded dialogue that was relevant to the things we were seeing. So it was cool to listen to the different excerpts. We heard Walt Disney. We heard John Lasseter. We heard the premiere of the Carthay Circle and some other things like that. So they do that just like they do that in Walk in Walt's Footsteps Tour. So that I really appreciated that. Sometimes while we were walking, they had jazz style music that you listen to in the Carthay Lounge. Nice. So they had that. So it wasn't just totally dead silence. That was really nice um, ambiance to for us when we're walking. So I like that a lot. Going on two of the most popular attractions was nice. 
Lunch was very good. Um, it was or- well organized, kept me entertain- en- entertained, kept me entertained. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, Leslie, and I, we know a lot about the park. And even we learned some new things on the tour, which... You know, that's that's what you're looking for. Exactly. Especially for annual pass holders. So mm-hmm. even the jaded people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, and I know he didn't tell us everything, which just goes to emphasize how much detail is is in this park. Right. Because even on this tour, I know that he didn't touch everything. So my thoughts are that I really enjoyed this tour. Yes, I think it's a bit pricey. And if I had to recommend either this one or Walk in Walt's Footsteps, I would recommend the latter. However, California Adventure really needed some type of extra activity, and this tour has been done really nicely. So I hope they tweak it a little bit, but even as it is, I recommend going on it. I have a question about the facts they tell about Walt Disney. Are those more for the novice or... For people who are real diehard fans, would they still get something out of it? What level of Disney fan knowledge would you say this I've, is this is targeting? I'm going to put three levels. There's the novice, there's the person who knows a lot, and there's the super people who know there's a super Michael. lot, like us, which is my, well, especially Michael, because you go to the <laughs> Walt Disney. So I think that you probably would know almost everything that they talk about. Um, they're talking a lot about the early years of Walt Disney. So that's stuff that we don't hear about at Disneyland. They talk about, um, his early career in film. You know, they talk about, and everybody's heard about Mortimer Mouse, but they give a little bit more detail about that part of his life, which the average, um, person is not going to know about. And, and I would say even some pass holders would not know about it. So. On stuff that you'd learn, you'd pro- it'd probably be like maybe a three for you, Michael. Maybe. Okay. okay well, that's good because you you know a lot, but for me, I would put it like maybe a four because I know a lot too. But for the average person, I'm going to give it like probably a six or seven. And for the novice, it's going to be all, all new stuff. And that what I really liked about it is that. The flow from land to land was very natural. It wasn't disjointed. And the excerpts and the trivia that they told us was appropriate to the lands that we were in. So I really appreciated that. Does that help anyone? Yeah, it does. Thank you. Okay. Now, how many people are on the tour? Um, you know, I didn't even count them. I would say probably maybe, maybe 15. Okay, cool. It, it, it didn't sound, it didn't feel very crowded right. at all. Um, and we we did most of the talk. You, you'll be surprised to hear we did most of the no. talking and asking questions. <laughs> so, but after the tour, people just about everybody came up to him and told him how much they enjoyed it. So that was nice. And I even saw somebody slip him some money. Wow. So, yeah, he tried to say no, but they insisted and walked away. Wow. So they so, um, I know I'm saying so a lot. I'm sorry. Um. That leads me to believe that I think the majority of people are going to, except for the most jaded, are going to enjoy this tour. And even on the Diz boards, I've seen, I saw one person who was a little disappointed. And then I saw another person who really enjoyed the tour. So there you go. I think, I think most people are going to like it though. Awesome. 
Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, Michael. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disney Live shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.